0: Hello, and welcome to Fintech Surge podcast, creating a wealth of opportunities through fintech innovations in the Middle East, for the Middle East. Powered by Fintech Surge, the region's leading fintech festival, hosted by Dubai World Trade Center, alongside Jitex Global. Hi, I'm excited to be joined today by Omar Mansour. Thank you for joining us, Omar. Thanks, Stephen, for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar with Omar, uh, he's actually the engagement lead of Global Projects at Codebase Technologies. And Omar, I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit more about Codebase, what does Codebase do? And can you tell us a little bit more about your role at Codebase? Sure, perfect. So, Code. Uh... So my role at Codebase Technologies is uh,
1: global uh, projects, enterprise lead as well. So what I essentially do is that not only do I see every project that Codebase Technologies is doing across the four continents we operate in, but at the same time, I'm very heavily engaged with the customers and the clients and the R&D team as well to basically work together with them to create innovative solutions uh, to push out not only just in one market, but across multiple markets. So just a small snippet of that is like if let's say i'm working with a bank in africa and they come up with something really cool i would love to apply that in one of my other projects in indonesia
0: for example and then bring like you know cross-border synergy that sounds amazing um could you tell us some of the solutions that codebase has come up with Uh, absolutely so codebase is a proprietary digital
1: bank in a box platform we are uh, the only organization in the Arab world that basically can provide uh, an end-to-end digital banking stack. And this is all the way from mobile applications, all the way back to core banking systems, to your middle office, back front office, literally everything you would need, like the IKEA of digital banking. You, you can either buy the chair you love in that room or you can furnish the whole apartment or house if you want. And we provide that and all our solutions are proprietary uh, we we like to think of ourselves as a proposition company, not a not just a product company. So, for example, if a if a bank comes up to us, which we, what we recently just did is uh, they said that can you do BNPL for us because a lot of fintechs are doing BNPL. So they basically came and said, could you do this for us as well? We can do lending and we have the infrastructure and everything. We just don't have the uh, means to do it. So what we do is we take some of our systems and we. Uh, create that platform for them and then we hand it over to them so it's more of like a proposition not just a product so
0: uh, a company that sounds great so so basically you're saying that if a bank comes up to you and says hey we have a bank and we want our customers to be able to buy now pay later which is the the BNPL that you just mentioned um, you're actually able to to put that whole process into place absolutely so this is available to the customers
1: Absolutely. So, for example, usually what happens is and what, and being in both the business side of things, the project side of things and the tech side of things as well, um, usually what happens is like you get timeline commitments because banks, uh, they, they, for them, the biggest thing is it's not the money so much as much as time to market. So what happens is they'll give you like a, a very tight timeframe. They'll be like, look, I want to launch this initiative in like three months time and this is blah, 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 what I can Uh, what I can afford, et cetera, and so forth. And a lot of people just for having the logo will commit to it. And then the three months ends up being six months, nine months. And uh, what we basically pride ourselves on is that our systems are so modular and so um, uh, developed in in, in a manner that uh, for us to basically put together that proposition and hand it over can be less than three months. And the best example is that in Jordan, we just launched in February, a bank called Blink. Uh, uh within uh, and uh, it's literally the uh, uh it took us four months to basically launch the bank uh from all the way from design uh ui ux all the way up to like functionality roadmap everything so we pride ourselves on our delivery
0: well i mean th- those are really really quick turnarounds i think that i can expect from experience that being in the middle east there's very few things that uh, happen in a significant scale that can happen within two to four months and the fact that you can implement you know proper banking technology and proper fintech within that sort of time period um, i think most would agree that that's a very impressive turnaround especially for what you're producing in the first place
1: absolutely absolutely and uh, uh, one of the things what we did was we 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 have created this culture internally where we we one we like to stick to timelines and the earlier the better as well but at the same time what we like to do is we don't we respect the customer enough because we understand that they want to get the maximum roi as well and for us the faster we can deliver a project the better we can move on to newer projects you know and then focus on our own uh, internal developments and r d and innovation et cetera and so forth
0: absolutely that's a, that's a great point. And honestly, the, the more I'm listening to you, the more I understand that, you know, for for you and, and for the team at Codebase, like, obviously, I don't think that you can really, you know, deliver the products that you deliver without having, you know, a, an extreme passion towards uh, fintech. So I was hoping you could just tell me a little bit about, you know, what does fintech mean to you? Well, there, there's two ways to basically look at this. So you have fintech,
1: which is financial technologies smashed into one buzzword. And then you have fintech, which is basically a, I, I would like to call it a call to action. You know what I mean? The reason why, if you look at why fintechs or in general, a lot of techs, tech companies or startups basically started to happen was uh, institutions or incumbents that were basically available were unable to process or furnish the needs of their customers. The best example is banks. Uh, if i don't have an app applic- if my mobile application on my bank is not able to do the bare necessity without and i have to basically go to let's say a branch to do basic things it's an inconvenience for me because then i'll have to take time out of my busy work schedule my life etc and so forth i mean i'm not saying that uh, a little bit of elbow grease is is a bad thing but uh, the idea is that as an, as as people were evolving so and so are our needs and uh, we are right now in a phase and era of convenience culture so, the more con the more convenience you can provide to your customers, the 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 higher the chances are of you uh, being successful. And the best example is if you look at um, uh, if you look at in Singapore, you have Grab or in Dubai, I mean you have Kareem. Like uh, usually you'd have to pick up the phone, call up a taxi, and then, like you know word by word, give them directions, et, et cetera and so forth. Now you just basically open the app. Tell them where do you want to go? It'll automatically pick up your location. You sit, you sit and relax, have a, have a soft drink, you know, while you wait for like 10 minutes and then that's it. The, the second thing about FinTech is what separates, uh, and I, in my personal opinion, what did, what the distinction it does between the incumbents, uh, especially the banks and stuff like that was customer service. A digital bank allows you to view your balance hold your money, do basic transfers, et cetera, and so forth. And, you know, from time to time, uh, some complaint handling. Whereas if, you, if I was to go to a bank uh, back in the day, I'd have to get in a line just to withdraw cash or check my balance. I'd have to download some weird code just to check my SMSs, etc. and so forth. If I wanted to apply for a loan, you know, or a financing or a credit card, literally any product that's not an account, I would have to like you know go every time to a brunch. So the fact that I can operate uh, this level of uh, comfort from 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 my home, you know, like I'd never have to see, I never sunlight would never touch my skin, and I would be able to get all these things done. And I personally feel that that is what is different from a fintech. It's a, it's a need. It's it's a, it's a it's a it's it's the unsung hero, or or or, or, or that answers a call so that's what my understanding of fintech has always been
0: yeah and i, I think you really uh, you you touched on a really important point there is that you know base is doing some amazing things and you and the team are, are really being the heroes uh, leading the fintech way. But really, you know, fintech is, is more of a response to a need as opposed to just creating convenience. And, you know, as we you know realize technology is evolving and things become easier, more comfortable, more convenient, Convenience is not just uh, a luxury anymore; it's actually a necessity. You know, so whenever we we all ended up getting smartphones, and now you can go on the internet on your smartphone. Now you can make calls, listen to music, uh, send messages, uh, and now you can pay with your smartphone. These are actually things that you know in today's world, where we're all so busy and we all have so many things to juggle. It's not just a luxury to be able to do these things on your phone, but it's a necessity because now we have so many more things that we need to get done. And and I really appreciate you know companies like Codebase, you know, taking the time to make this uh, convenience a part of our lives, so we can actually continue uh, to to grow and prosper and and get more things done.
1: Absolutely, I mean, convenience is one thing. Like and this what I what I specifically touched on was physical convenience. Now, in terms of like today, you know, like because digital banking is it's, it's about four years, four five, in my personal opinion, in the Middle East, it's about four years old, four five years old. You, you, you can open up an account, you know, uh, via your smartphone and stuff like that. But what's the next step? You know what I mean? Okay, cool. You can apply for a, a product. You know what I mean? Which honestly is not that much different. What is what is what can you do to evolve as a fintech? Uh, so I personally think that. Now you've created the infrastructure. The, the you've you you've made the the ease of the physical physicality of things, where it's you no longer have to go to a branch to do this. You offer now, like for example, like we were talking about BNPL earlier. BNPL is something that you can offer the customers because at the same time now you're giving them a convenience of financing. You're telling them that listen, you can apply for XYZ product. Uh, you can actually purchase XYZ product. And if you miss a payment or anything like that, whatever, there is no, ra- there is no ramification of uh, repayment, you know, that you'd have with a credit card and a credit bureau, et cetera, and so forth. So they say that I don't like credit cards, but I do want to buy this product, but I do not have the financial means to undertake this thing. What do you do? You offer BNPL, you go into your app, you basically configure that, that, uh, product that you basically had purchased from the retail organization I'd be like, yeah, I want to split this into four. Four, four, easy payments and done, sorted, you know, on, on like a basic. Uh, another big example in Pakistan. So I'm I was basically I'm I'm currently on the board of directors for a uh, Islamic digital bank as well. And one of the w- discussions that we were having around was how can you basically bring convenience to the local population over there because, I mean, if you look at multiple regions, Dubai is not a very heavily populated country as opposed to uh, Indonesia, Egypt, Pakistan, India, um, etc. and so forth, Bangladesh and stuff like that. So, In order to flourish in these places and the best place to test out new products and new initiatives is to target high population countries because you get multiple use cases. And one of the best use cases is um, salary overdraft it's like okay you, uh, I, you you need to make an xyz payment you just started your new job or something like that you haven't acc- accumulated in your savings account you know the amount of money that you need for like for example school or paying down payment on a rent or something so you can apply for a salary pay, a salary overdraft right there and then and you get your whole salary's worth um either immediately right then and there where you need it or you can basically get it like a couple of days just before you get your actual salary as well you know what i mean like these kind of conveniences if you can basically have them at your fingertips it sort of makes life uh, less daunting you know what i mean it, it it's, it's like that extra bullet or that hail Mary attempt that you want to look for
0: yeah, absolutely, and I and I think you know this this buy now pay later uh, ecosystem that we're really getting involved in, um, we're really seeing it evolve a whole lot in the UAE as well. There's a company Tabby that just announced, I believe it was yesterday, that um, now they've they have an app where consumers can buy now pay later. So I think previously they they were going to enterprises themselves. Uh, for example, I used them whenever my car broke down and I needed to pay eight thousand you know, American Emirates Durham's not American. I'm sorry, uh, Arab Emirates Durham's to have my car repaired. And I just didn't want to spend that much money on the spot where they said okay well tabby has this buy not pay later option you can actually pay for this uh repair over the course of six months and it just makes it a lot easier and kind of like you said uh know, if you're starting a new job or if you just had a big expense or you know you just had to to pay for something that you didn't expect to pay for buy now pay later really kind of eases a lot of that burden so it's not not just a luxury, it actually becomes a necessity. So you can continue to put food on the table, you can continue to buy gas. And, and it's really exciting to see that even smaller countries like the UAE are um, you know, are, are growing and are seeing the necessity uh, for these sort of things as well.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, as, as, as awesome as the concept of BNPL is and everything like that, you, you, you have to at least understand one thing, that there is a very huge risk. A lot of the things that you can basically do right now you don't need BNPL for. It, you just need a credit card. The whole idea of BNPL was to offer people who don't have credit cards the ability to do credit-style uh, transactions or like easy payment plans uh, without having uh, the the central bank involved, the credit bureau involved, etc. and so forth. Not that it's a bad it's a it's a it's a bad thing or anything like that. It's just that uh, sometimes some uh, if I want to buy an iPhone today, I don't want to wait like a week or two. You know it's for a credit card just so i can buy it i want to get it right now you know what i mean like i have like a two-day window and that's the niche that buy now pay later firms capitalized on and one of the one of the reasons why i think this uh, why i i've, I've, I've always been a, um, very ha- happy to see innovation because you learn from it but at the same time um, given my background which back in the day i used to do enterprise risk um, was that to assess risk on buy now pay later you have to understand that a lot of customers will apply for this some might not be able to pay because it's a snowball effect you buy one thing a second thing a third thing a fourth thing you know what i mean and voila you get your paycheck which is let's say five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars a month you get your paycheck and then immediately on that day you get your paycheck you have to make your payment you've accumulated so much stuff because on 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 your on your SMS or on your banking application, it will only reflect a quarter of the payment of the thing. So imagine you buy an iPhone. Now you have this amazing iPhone, but the SMS basically says you paid like one fourth of it. It's, 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 and 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 this, and people, uh, mankind in general tends to snowball quite a lot with a lot of things. You say, okay, I'll buy one iPhone today for like 500 dirhams when the price is two two thousand. Like okay, cool, I can afford 500 dirhams a month. And then you get something else. It's, I can afford another 500 dirhams a month, and then I can afford another 500 dirhams a month. And when you basically take a step back and you look at it on a long-term perspective, like, for example, if you just scale back and you say that, okay, in 12 months, this is my end-of-year balance statement. You basically have bought so much stuff because you could that you don't have any savings left anymore. And you basically are enforcing the for not, not for the, the concept of living paycheck to paycheck you know what I mean I mean a lot of people basically do that but the idea is that the whole point of fintech is yes to do convenience it's supposed to bring in like you know it's supposed to help everybody you know it brings convenience to the customers it brings customers to the organizations it basically allow it it, it, it puts the foot down towards again sorry against the incumbents saying that no I'm going to do a better job than you you know I'm i'm going to capitalize while you were sleeping i was working that sort of thing you know what i mean but at the end of the day if your if your organization is not um, helping educate on f- not just financial technology but like what you don't help them on uh, financial well being inclusion is one thing but uh, financial literacy is something that regard that that is not being
0: taught as well absolutely and i think that that's that's a very important point that you made that uh you know we all need to to listen to this as a precautionary tale that you know um you know getting yourself in debt is exactly that you know you are in debt and, and even if it is easier up, up front it is something you will have to pay later um you know so i definitely think that you know one of the things that uh, us at fintech surge try to to get across is, is the consumer responsibility and you know fintech it, it is designed to make things easier and more convenient and more accessible and more inclusive but you know the more accessible things are the more inclusive things are the the more access you have uh, to spending a lot of times that that can get you in trouble as well cuz you know if you're earning and you're spending are not aligned then you know you can really get in trouble but um you know obviously
1: absolutely like that's the, that's the thing but you see when when uh, when people have been um, the the enabler culture unfortunately just does not stress enough on the long-term you know mm-hmm. uh, effect of uh, financial well-being and at the same time now what happens is you have governments that will do bailouts right. you know and when they do bailouts the money has to come from somewhere right somebody has to balance the book at the end of the day somewhere you know the bad debt or something like that just does not disappear there's
0: a lot of things around it so yeah absolutely um like you said uh, you know spend responsibility uh even if it is by now pay later it is something you will still have to pay for so uh it, it is not free money even though you're not paying it up front uh spin responsibly make sure that uh you're taking care of your finances um and fintech is really designed to, to help you along the way uh to get you out of trouble not to get you into trouble and i think that that's one of the big things that we need to stress here on this podcast um so kind of moving on to a new question which I hope is a little bit more upbeat and uh, less scary is what do you think that uh you know fintech can do today or or in the near future that can improve lives and change the world so I think we all know that you know there's a certain amount of technology that's already available um what do, what do you think is still missing what what is a, a pain point that you think technology is going to to help in well, the near future
1: personally per, like from my from not just my personal opinion, but from my own observations, being in multiple markets, working in multiple propositions—digital banking, BNPL, etc., and so forth—all the way to instant financing—I uh, personally think that the thing that fintech can change, and I personally think that why I would uh, want to, what what I would heavily heavily stress on was what I was mentioning earlier, which is uh, financial literacy show people any you can apply for a bank account and once you get that bank account you can apply for a credit card then you can apply for various products it's not difficult to apply for these products but the thing is it's the equivalent of saying that you can you can you can uh, you can get a licensed weapon you know from from a walmart you know in the us how do you use it you get what i mean the reason why you have a, a lot of the problems that basically happen you know by people who don't know the power they hold in their hands you know for for their own lives it's it's uh, fintech is like that as well you know what i mean I, it is an instrument that can be used for both good and bad it just depends on how you are educated well enough to understand that instrument and how you can use it for yourself so like i said buy now pay later it's a convenience but if you can basically teach people to use it effectively or if they can basically um, use it uh, in the long run to benefit themselves, um, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, organizations that basically or fintechs that basically pull uh, push out. Um, savings products, specifically around savings or like, you know, auto investing, robo advisory, it's a Sarwa, for example, fantastic platform, you know, you put your money in, you don't need to basically buy now and sell then and you don't have to worry about being like a stock trader or having all that stuff. They do it for you right there and then. And honestly speaking, I personally think that as long as you are making money and you're not losing money and it's basically helping you plan for your future and somehow in a way of sorts, uh, um, do what's it called um, um or a lot of um, passive income sorry the opportunity to get passive income that's what i was trying to say is i that's what a fintech should do it should educate you it should educate you well enough to a point where you know how to create passive income regardless of what your profession is i could be a carpenter but you know if i have sarva i can I can make money on the side as well because tomorrow I don't know if I might have my job or not.
0: That's an important part and I think that you know a lot of times whenever we're talking about fintech uh, we, we tend to to give a lot of emphasis on on pay tech which is also very useful and convenient but you know wealth tech is also an, an important part of uh, fintech that it really helps you invest wisely efficiently and you know really you know, make your money grow for you. And that's a huge part of finance. Um, and, and I think that, you know, between AI and, and all these different instruments and algorithms that are available, um, you know, it's really making it a lot easier for people to invest in it, And it's helping, you know, the markets grow as well. 100 percent. And like the three
1: things, just to summarize the question you asked, three things that I feel that fintech should focus on. Financial literacy, financial well-being and financial responsibility. Financial
0: literacy, financial wellbeing, and financial responsibility. These three, I three—that's great. These three are key, and that's I what I agree. They, that's what they should uh, solve. Yeah, great, great. Well, I tell you what, Omar, I really appreciate you being on our podcast. I think that we're we're running out of time now. That, but it, it was super, super useful. And, and I think that, you know, touching on the responsibility of FinTech is something that, you know, we don't hear a whole lot about. And, and so I really appreciate, you know, a company that's putting out so much useful products that actually cares about the people that are using the products and using them responsibly.
1: Absolutely. The whole, the whole idea is to not, it, it, you know, the phrase where you, have, you shouldn't swim against the current and just go with the flow. Maybe, sometimes it's good to go against the current because you get stronger.
0: Makes sense. And that, by stronger I mean, and,
1: and, and if it does not challenge you, it will not change you. You know what I mean? It's one of these famous quotes that's been floating around. And if you sit down and think about it, it's like as a river, you'll flow in one direction. You know what I mean? But if you challenge the norm and you, you bring out a, an opposing thought, you know, that that or, or an uncommon uh, uh, thought, you you it, it's not widely accepted because it's hence why being called uncommon nobody nobody's gonna be like uh oh yeah we should definitely do bnpl it's like the same thing it's like you have tabby you had uh spotty and all these guys basically come up now the whole market is oversaturated now they're competing against one another for rates and etc and so forth um so, mm-hmm.
0: it's
1: it's, it's, it's it's long story short is like what can you do for your fellow men and i mean we're not firemen or policemen but we do try our best to contribute in a way of sorts of financial responsibility literacy and um, inclusion and uh, these are the kind of things we focus on primarily when we are
0: architecting and creating some of our products and propositions that's amazing and it's great to hear these things and so we we look forward to great things from you omar we look forward to great things from codebase and um you know we look forward to also seeing you at uh at fintech surge 2022 in october thank you for listening subscribe for all the latest updates on fintech in the middle east and join the conversation over on our social channels we look forward to seeing you at fintech surge at the Dubai world trade center from october 10th through october 13th i'm steven bess and this has been the fintech surge podcast creating a wealth of opportunities